across the street. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the street was bad. Cross the Stream Podcast, Episode 9, coming at you. Big current events focus today. The week that was was pretty intense and uh, a ton of debate across the country, across a lot of topics. Kane and I dive into two of them specifically today on this podcast, discussing the collegiate recruiting scandal with the college basketball and the FBI and the Department of Justice, uh, and followed up by our thoughts overall in the kneeling and the protests and the, and the situation that sparked by Colin Kaepernick and the national anthem situation with the uh, NFL. Cross the Streams, Episode 9, The Week That Was, coming at you. All right, Episode 9, Cross the Streams. Myself, Kane Ione, over here in Seattle, Washington. I got my big brother, Kip Ione, in Salem, Oregon. Yes, sir. And it has been an unbelievable week thus far <laughs> in the world of sports, in, in just the world in general. Yeah. It, but the world in sports in particular has been crazy for an entire week since really last yes. Friday night and continuing all the way through this week. And things just keep compounding and compounding, and, and there just are these breaking news flashing across the screen every other day, every other really hour. Mm -hmm. And so we would be remiss if we didn't touch upon, upon some of these things. And right. We can't have a podcast and, and be two coaches me at the uh, the division one level and, and kip you're at the uh, division three level but mm -hmm. having seen all of this stuff as far as recruiting with everything that's happening with particularly talking about this the scandal that has come out and the arrests that have been made the fires or, or potential fires of coaches in the basketball world there was no way that we couldn't talk about it on this podcast right and um obviously i'm going to lean heavily on kip in this regard and I believe you, you, you've done some research, obviously, on this on this topic. And um, so I want to kind of start with you mm -hmm. to just kind of let's get the details yeah. of exactly what's happening. Because I know myself, I'm basing it off just what's being said on ESPN, what's being uh, you know shown across the ticker on the bottom screen. I'm not, you know, social media with the Twitter feeds and, and the Facebook posts. That's mm -hmm. all where a lot of us are getting this information. You, mm -hmm. on the other hand, have, have dived into this a little bit more in depth. So I want to get a, a clear picture for everybody of what exactly is happening and why it is what it is. And then I, I want to just let's just discuss it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's, you know, it was like you mentioned, it was an insane week that was capped off by this collegiate basketball, obviously my profession and recruiting scandal, which obviously is the lifeblood of what both of us do. You got to go find players at college. You don't have an elementary have to. school to a junior. You have to, nobody feeds into your institution. You got to convince everybody no. to come there. No. How uh, it would be a lot easier if it could be like the professional sports and we could just draft from the oh uh, high school level, right? If yep. we get lottery and, and we just get to every every year we get to draft our, our 20, <laughs> 25 players for the football level and, and however many yep. for the basketball level, that would make life a little bit more simplistic yep. for us. Probably if we, uh, open we, up some things on our schedule-wise. Yeah. Oh, man, wasn't it? So, you know, I what I did was when this news broke that the FBI and the Department of Justice were bringing, you know, federal charges, indictments, and subpoenas uh, against basically the entire – industry of collegiate basketball recruiting and labeling out 16 universities as university one through 16 and then meet the media people putting together who these universities were labeling out recruit 
indictment charges and the in the in the actual read through um, the case, so to speak. So that's what I decided to do because I think a lot of people out there heard this scandal, heard obviously uh, certain coaches' names and certain institutions, and assumed, "Oh, I know that everybody in college basketball cheats. All these schools are paying yeah. these kids to come to their yeah. right? instantly jump to the blue chips movie." With yes. uh, Nick Nolte and, and Shaq and Penny, and yep. we're like, I knew it from way back then that this was going on, and yep. really never have really dived into the details of, of of what is truly happening or what was the player happening. from Indiana. Remember the the so Shaq was on there, Penny was a player, and then the yep. third big time recruit that just flat out asked Nick Nolte, "Yeah, well, I think my yeah. dad's gonna need a tractor <laughs> and, and so, however much <laughs> cash in a bag." Yep. Yeah, what was his name? I know it was, there was uh, Neon, but Doe was Shaq. Yep. Right. And I can't Butch remember McCray. Penny's name. Butch McCray. There, there he, yes. Butch McCray was Penny. The lefty from Indiana. I can't remember uh, his name. Oh, somebody that something, something Rowe. Was it like Tommy Rowe yeah, or something like that? Tommy, yes. Something like that. So yeah. obviously everybody assumes, oh, they caught him. That's been going on. What's the mm -hmm. big deal? Why are the why is the FBI doing this? And really what it comes down to is a, a story of economics. Um, and if you read through the case, and this is where I'm basing this information from, um, this is obviously Kane and I believe in the ethics of recruiting and everywhere we've been, whether we were the boss or the bosses we work for, always stress that. And I'm, I'm, this is not from firsthand account. This is from reading and diving into the case presented. I want everybody to picture a, a, a five-star basketball recruit. And the key Neon, here is basketball. So we're talking yep, Neon Badeau, right? Yep. You as a... Shaq is a guaranteed five-star recruit. Him and his family are fully aware of his NBA potential. But as everybody should know, the NBA is not going to let him come out for a year after he graduates. So he's not going to be able to cash in on that talent. So he obviously has the scholarship option and he's weighing his decisions. But remember, in college basketball, there's two competing circuits where most coaches, especially at the big time level, go to find players. The Adidas mm -hmm. grassroots circuit and the Nike EYBL circuit. And that is kids that are on teams sponsored by those um, shoe companies. And the tournaments you play in to be seen are, are different. You don't They don't cross over. So, huh. yeah, so like, let's say you're Let's say Willamette is a Nike school, which we are, but this doesn't happen at Division Three. If we were Division One school and there was an Adidas top five recruit, but he was on the Adidas circuit, more likely than not, we're going to assume we can't get him because That's we're a Nike school that an, on the Adidas circuit. It's not 100% true, but more than more likely than not, that's the case. So yeah. this person goes to a meeting. Finds it, find this say Shaq and his family find themselves in a meeting with a major shoe company rep, an agent, an NBA professional agent, and a financial planner for NBA players. Okay, mm -hmm. these people all come together to the table with Shaq and the family to figure out where he's going to go and in before he's able to be truly their client because all of them know once this kid gets drafted if you take a look at the numbers um <laughs> if he if he's an NBA rookie say let's say he's good enough that he's going to drop no lower, lower than the bottom end of the lottery in the next draft that's 9 million dollars guaranteed so he's basically wow. worth 9 million if they can land him as as a it, Adidas uh, a shoe company endorsed kid that hires mm -hmm. this agent and hires a financial planner. Obviously, he's going to get a bulk of the nine million when he's drafted, but they're going to get a percentage that makes their business run. 
So mm-hmm. hopefully everybody's kind of seeing why everybody's at the table. At this meeting, the family and the recruit are going to say, we would love to listen to where you would like me to go play. And we would, l- we would be more inclined to listen to you with a down payment. And in this instant, what the FBI writes out, and everybody can find this information online, and it's all public public knowledge, is that number was $100,000. We will go where you tell us to go for $100,000. Every major university in the country on this shoe company circuit is recruiting us. We'll pick the one you tell us to if you give us $100,000. Okay, And we also promise to, to when we do get drafted, we will sit down and sign with your shoe company and be an endorser of your products. And we will sign with you, the agent, and we will sign with you, the financial planner. And all of you will get a percentage of that contract that we get when we're drafted. Remember, that's a nine million dollar contract. So it's up to those three people now at the table. Remember, there's no school at the table. There's no coach at the table yet. There's just these people who have a vested interest in the future earnings of which is what is basically become an economic commodity. It's not mm-hmm. a basketball player anymore. It's an economic commodity. And so exactly. is it worth for those people to illegally give $100,000? And I'm stressing that is illegal. $100,000 to this player and the family to get back a $9 million investment. Obviously, Kane, Kane and I don't have to answer that for everyone because you can do the math. <laughs> it's probably worth it for them. Yes. And like we said before, it's entirely illegal. Okay. Now... After that deal is done, you can't walk around America or most most of the civilized world with a hundred thousand dollars of which no everyone knows you shouldn't have and just go spend it. So that's got to be wired and transferred through different accounts and bogus companies and bogus names. That's how it comes under the jurisdiction of the FBI or the Department of Justice, because now you're doing stuff that criminals do. You're basically money laundering and committing fraud. Yeah. See that that's that's where I was just like. Okay, why is the FBI yes. involved at all? Why is this not an NCAA only investigation? Yep, but that makes exactly. total sense. If you anytime, like if you go rob a bank, great, you got two thousand dollars. You can't go next door and spend it at Taco Bell without somebody going, "What in the hell? Where did you get this? Where money? did you get this?" Yeah. So you got to put it through the. That's a whole nother. If you want to watch a movie on how to launder money, watch Netflix Ozarks with Jason Bateman because it's all about money laundering and you'll learn a, you'll learn a ton that hopefully none of which you'll ever use. <laughs> okay. So this deal's done. That's happening. Now the, the, the three people, the shoe company, the agent, the MBA aid, the pro agent and the financial planner go to the school that the kid feels like he has the best uh, relationship with. And they tell that recruiter and it's probably an assistant coach. And they say, listen, we will give you, $10,000. We will give you 20000 We will give you 30000 to take care of this kid while he's there, keep his nose clean so he's draftable, help him play and be better as a commodity in the draft, and through your influence, guarantee he signs with us like he just promised. And I'm mm-hmm. giving you this cash to make sure that happens. If it doesn't, you're going to owe me this money or other things are going to happen to get that money back. So now mm-hmm. it's incumbent on that assistant coach. Yeah, he's going to coach the kid. He's going to make sure he stays out of trouble. And he's got to make sure he stand, sends him to, you know, Sam Smith, so, the agent, yeah. with this so financial so. planner with that shoe company. Mm-hmm. And so that is where the federal government had a seat at the table in the version of an undercover agent. 
And all this money was routed and planned through the undercover agent. Gotcha. So now you've got bribery. Now you've got wire. I mean, now you've got all those things that have happened. So I think people out there might have had the misconception that the money exchange, the 100000 or 30000 was the school to the – So-and-so. Yeah, that's probably – Directly to the player. Right. Most likely yep. it wasn't. Directly Most likely from, it was a combination. That's and that's that's funny you say that because that is exactly what everyone is assuming right now. That's exactly what yep. when that stuff flashes across the ticker and you hear about it, and uh, that's instantly that's what popped in my mind is yep. oh wow they're they're paying these student athletes to go to that school and it's coming directly from uh, the basketball program or the athletic department or a booster mm-hmm. or an alumni or or somehow that's yep. where this money is coming from and that that is not the case. Right. Exactly. And once again, let us reiterate. Anyone can go read this entire case that they've released in the details and they give you this meeting that I just laid out. They spell out the meeting in the public record. So that's where yes, I'm getting this yes. information. Let's uh, yeah, let's make sure we, we super disclaimer on that. That, that is yes. uh, just so everyone out there yeah. that's listening is not going, wow, these two are very informed on what's going right. on. Nope. We just read that. How yesterday. is that? Yeah, yeah yes. it's strictly because of, of going and finding this article and reading it, which mm-hmm. everybody can do. This is not a formula that we have somehow right. cooked up on our own. Just nope. want to make sure we, we – And there are a lot of smart people. If you listen to some of the takes and a lot of the articles, Deadspin's got one up. Obviously, Jay Billis, a prominent college basketball commentator, mm-hmm. yep. will tell you more about basically follow the money. In any corruption scandal, no matter the industry, basketball or – banking you just follow the money trail um so i think kane and i after knowing this like it's it basically boils down to economics Mm -hmm. if you take a look at kane's side of the equation where he's dealing in college football and i'm in college basketball because of the number of people that play the game a college Mm -hmm. basketball player is more likely to be found on this quote-unquote black market because of the the number of people it's five guys in a court okay they're more marketable for shoe companies People buy basketball shoes more because of the endorser rather than buying football shoes because of a player. Yep. Okay? So they're worth more to shoe companies. And the guaranteed scale of rookie salary for the NBA players and get NBA contracts in general. In general, no question. Agent, yes. Guarantee no an question. agent and a financial planner uh, return on their investment. While a football player, he could be cut tomorrow. Yep. You know, by the NFL. And it's not guaranteed money. Not so it's, guaranteed, much, exactly. it's much more likely to exist. The black market in recruiting exists much more so in the collegiate hoop side of things than it does in collegiate football. Yes. Um, but I, once again, we, we'd like to just we're pre- trying to present this is the scenario happening. These are the facts. Mm-hmm. And people I, I think people have to have to take a look at, OK, where do I see the fault? Where do I see the breakdown in the system? You know, a lot of people, you know, you're going to have opinions on all sides of the of the aisle on this. Exactly. That's that's 100% why we're, we want to put this out there and, and talk about it and discuss it so that those of you that are listening are well-informed mm-hmm. and not just out there basing your opinion on hearsay, on right. social media, on um, talk shows. Uh, you actually are, are listening to what is actually going on. Mm-hmm. On a case by case and I think, Kane, you had a good you had you brought up something last time when we were texting about topics that you talked about the tie-in to something we've talked about on here previously. Mm-hmm. Um, it was that big Time magazine article talking about the professionalization of youth sports. Correct, correct. Where where 
this huge youth sports movement. This article that you you mentioned talked about how the percentage of actual just little league baseball is dwindling um, because of all these traveling teams. They don't play for your local little league team anymore. Your Heights American um, First Interstate Bank team. They're playing on these permanent all-star teams that are being selected at, at an early age, and that's all they do. And they no longer just play for three months at a time or two months at a time for baseball, and then they're on to the next sport after that. Uh, so it's just a, it's a crazy youth sport movement that I feel is, is, again, being exploited. And I think it creates the expectation within the household. So whether it's a single-parent household, uh, you know, uh, grandparents raising somebody, it's a, a traditional two-parent household. You spend from age, say, age 10 through 17, you spend, what did the article say, $25,000? Yeah, I, it might even be higher son, than that. Right, yeah. even more than that on your son or daughter's athletic career. At the end of the day, you need that recouped somehow. And yeah. your expectation is I'm investing this money not only for a scholarship, a f you know, a full ride that relieves mm -hmm. me of having to pay money later, or mm -hmm. if I'm lucky enough to have a, a professional talent, this is going to pay back five times because my son or daughter will make professional money, and that's mm -hmm. how I will recoup it. And I'm not judging parents. like That's basic economics. Yep. If I fork out X, I expect a product back, and it's not just anymore. It's not enough for families to say, I forked out this amount of money and he or she got a great experience and learned competition. Exactly. No. Exactly. He, he got a great experience, learned competition, and has a full ride plus benefits because mm -hmm. of their athletic ability. And, and I think the problem is, is that they're being sold that. That's what they're yes. being sold by some of these leagues and right. tournaments and traveling teams and, and uh, some of these youth coaches that are, are – telling these kids that in mm -hmm. their parents that hey if you come with me you pay me such and such dollars you to be on this team and travel around we're going to guarantee you that it's going to lead to a scholarship and then potentially a professional career and yeah. you can't guarantee that there's no right. one out there that can guarantee that because you don't know what's going to happen yeah. as opposed yeah. to like you're saying paying such and such dollars 75 dollar league fee to get your mouthpiece in a t-shirt for a uniform to pay for all those for all the kids, but more importantly, pay for the experience of being a part of a team, learning mm -hmm. how to be a part of a team, the values that come with the the teamwork, the values of, of leadership and battling through adversity, just all the different lessons and values that you can learn and take from sports. They're missing out on that. They're missing out of that and they're being taught these different values of, of nothing but winning mm -hmm. and nothing but scholarships and, and, yeah, big contracts. Yeah, and that and that end result, those those last three things you said, scholarships, big contracts, shoe deals, justifies fame. just fame. Yeah, justifies the means. Exactly. So it, exactly. it normalizes. So when I end up at the table with my son and I I'm in this base, I'm in this illegal transaction. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is what everyone's doing. Exactly. I feel yep. like this is the norm. This is how it works. We're not really doing anything wrong. We're not doing anything wrong. Yep. We are and essentially we getting a return on our investment yep. is all they're doing. And, in, 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 and if you're looking at it from the student athlete's perspective, all you're doing is cashing in on your talent, yeah. your, your yep. economic commodity, as you were saying, or, or how you yep. put it. Yep. And it, you can't 
blame or it's hard to blame kids for doing that. Yeah. It really is. But you have to look at it from their perspective. You have to look at it from the parents' perspective. And mm-hmm. and really, you could flip it and look at it from uh, – if you look at it from purely an economic standpoint, then you can see it yes. from the shoe company's perspective as well. Mm-hmm. They want to find the next LeBron James. LeBron James yep. was claimed to be the next great thing as a 17-, 18-year-old kid, and it turned out to be he was the next great thing, and they just keep scouring it around the world. Um, mm-hmm. or scouring the nation at these youth attorneys at younger and younger ages. And to me, yep. it just is, is it's making things less and less about sport and more and more about money. And that's, that's yep. the sad part of the end results. Um, and, the, and the hard thing is what's the answer? Yeah, that, that's know. a great point. That's a great you question. Know, like I, I have no idea. I'm sure there's smart people with proposals. That's one of the things that I, I think both of us wanted to emphasize throughout this there's a lot of smart people discussing this, whether it's economics, yes. you know, whether it's economists, whether it's people in the collegiate hoop scene that are either admi- you know, former administrators or they're broadcasters, they're ex-coaches, they're current coaches. There's mm-hmm. a lot of smart people that I would hope are using their brain power towards solutions rather than blame. You know, does, does that make sense? Like, oh, yeah, what are we no doing? Question. Like, what's the alternative to the economic choice presented? Because if it's purely economics, the families the figured out in the in the agents and the shoe companies are going to continue to make the sound economic choice. Exactly. What, or how what do they, we, how what do they we get per, it back? Yeah. What they perceive to be the sound economic choice. Yep. Yep. How what do we they get it back to in their situation? An ethical choice, because I think people would make ethical choices correctly if you remove the money. Are, yes. That's yeah. that's it right there. People are good when it's all said and done. Yeah. The majority. Obviously, there's really bad people out there as well. But as soon as you start throwing the money in the game, that's when it starts getting polluted a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a good buddy of mine from high school messaged me the other day, Kevin Stevenson, that uh, coaches his sons on a team and just reminded me of how fun it was as a little uh, A-squad Seahawk, uh, my football <laughs> day, sixth yeah. and seventh grade, and just the fun that I had and just playing the game of football. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to start there and make sure that those guys are, are supported well and um, are doing it the right way, coaching it the right way, and not make it so much about big contracts, money, fame, all that fun stuff. Yep, I 100% agree. So hopefully this was a, this was a, a way for the listeners, and we, we appreciate you listening to this segment to, to get the facts surrounding uh, the current scandal in collegiate hoops and the FBI and Department of Justice charges, what specifically they are claiming happened, uh, and, a, and a little bit of insight from us on the economic side of it and the tie-in uh, to the youth sports and the pro- professionalization of youth sports that we see as a root of part of the problem. We'll be right back. Back on Cross the Streams podcast, and as we mentioned in our previous segment, talking about the big recruiting scandal in collegiate basketball, amazing week in terms of the day, the hour-by-hour pounding of controversial events taking place in our country. Um, obviously, Kane and I, we can't get to every single one of them, um, but there's one that we obviously have to address, not necessarily in the way you might think we're going to, uh, mm-hmm. but to talk about a, what we think the national anthem and the kneeling by the NFL players and specifically started by Colin Kaepernick, the the greater symptom in our country, it, 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 it kind of portrays. And the, we, we see the, the underlining cause for a lot of the discord and a lot of the reasons uh, behind people being so emotional about it either way uh, is something we would like to bring up. But I, I think, Cocaine, both of us 
uh, would, would like to avoid trying to be Stephen A. Smith. Although yeah. I think we're both yeah. pretty clear on, on where we land on the subject, and we're not afraid to tell people we're pro cap. But I, I think there's enough good, there's enough takes out there. Yes, no, I a hundred percent. Where we don't want to come off as is again, all of you out there that know me well enough and have been around me over the last however many years, and really since this this Kaepernick thing and the, and the kneeling has started, those of you that have been around me know exactly where I stand on it uh, or where I kneel on it, however you want to look at it. But that's not what we want to get across today when, on our podcast because that's, that's a, a whole nother deal. Uh, what we want to get across is part of our message and in, in, in doing that is that we're literally witnessing this war between expertise mm-hmm. and platform. Yeah, 100% agree. And, and I think what Kane and I, we, we talked about it a ton last night. I mean, I think those of you out there, obviously I'd echo what Kane said. You know where I stand on it. And I, th- I would encourage a ton of people to watch Shannon Sharp's commentary on this. I would encourage a ton of people to watch Nick Wright's commentary on this. And that would probably echo where Kane and I land if you want to get a hold of us on email or grab a drink and we'll, we'll yell at you about what we think in, that, in those terms. But the, the, the expertise versus platform, we both concluded, is a symptom of not only this, but the politics in our country today, uh, racial relations in our country today. I mean, everything comes down to for some reason, Kane, it's it's gone out of fashion, or there's a str- or there's an unwillingness for people that are in the know, an expert in the field. Somehow, his opinion is put on the level as equal, or maybe less than someone who's just loud mm-hmm. and has a platform to be loud. That's greater than the expert's ab- ability to disseminate the information that's accurate. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's all about, or, or what it is, what it comes down to in a lot of cases nowadays is uh, people, instead of gathering facts and information, knowing all the facts and information of a, of a certain particular subject, want to just jump in and start yelling at the opposite side of this argument. In figuring that that's going to win this argument, mm-hmm. and that that's ultimately what is going to be for the greater good, as opposed to the flip side of things, where all right, let's let's take a look. If I'm just now sitting down, for the, just for an example, I just sat down to watch an NFL football game. I see these these guys; they're kneeling. There's a big deal about it uh, pregame uh, during the national anthem. And I go, huh, I wonder what that's all about. And instead of going to a social media and listening to what my friends are posting on Facebook or looking what Twitter feed is, is, is talking about it, I actually look up some printed articles mm-hmm. or uh, go to the source itself and, and see what a Colin Kaepernick has actually said about this protest in particular and learn the details of that protest and what it's all about before I just quickly judge and start jumping all over such and such. Yeah. Instantly go to uh, anger and frustration with these people. And on the flip side of things, it it, it really could be said the same way as well, where now all of a sudden we have further comments about the protest from the opposition, right? Mm -hmm. We get the comments from the opposition of it. Um, in particular, the comments from from our president, and then now all of a sudden, everybody over here wants to jump in on this side and starts bashing 
the other side where it's just it, it just goes back and forth and no one's really willing to sit down again and just learn what they're trying to say on one side and what the other side's trying to say. Yeah. We would also we both of us would agree that it's okay like it's okay to disagree. No one's saying you should you can you can't disagree, but when you're just worried about being the loudest, you're not proving your point and you're not even hearing what you're being loud against. Yeah. All you're doing is being the loudest. And I, I'm going to, I came into this, um, you know, I came into this argument with this opinion and I'm just waiting for you to be quiet before I shout mine. I'm not <laughs> hearing you at all. And I don't think any of us would exactly. do that in a relationship, you know, with your significant other, you wouldn't want to do that with your kids. You wouldn't want to do that with your teachers, your employees, but we're all suddenly more than willing to do that in these big debates about our society and our culture where I'm just going to dig in and be loud and mm -hmm. nobody at pretty at this point, no one trusts anyone's information because more likely yeah. than not, you didn't do the work to get accurate information. Yes. And I think that's, what's really scary because, you know, take a look at it from our, you know, you're getting ready to play Oregon state this week. You know, we're getting mm -hmm. ready in two weeks to, to launch our season. We open against Portland state. I would never let somebody come into a meeting to game plan for my team. And I'm sure you and, and your boss, Coach Chris Peterson, would not let somebody come in that hadn't watched a second of our film or a second of Oregon State's film create the game plan. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? No. And on the flip side, nobody in the stands would be like, you know what I should do? I should go in next week and tell Chris Peterson what to do against the Beavers. No one would yeah. do that because you would say, why? Because I don't have the info. I'm not an expert. Mm -hmm. But yet we're more than willing to do that with to each other on these social issues. And it's yeah. so and it's a scary thing because I think it absolutely tears down the overall um, the level or the quality of the discourse because yes. none of us are bringing expertise to the table in any way, shape or form. We're just bringing. And, exactly. And in the end, the messages are being lost. And yes. that's what's that's what's probably the most frustrating thing with this situation in particular is that the ultimate message is being lost because we can't get over each other yelling at each other back yeah. and forth and not listening or hearing what this thing is all about or supposed to be about in the first mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. and I, and I, that, yeah. that is the most frustrating thing to me because I do know what this thing is all about or is supposed to be about. Yep, and yeah. that to me is a it's a very important to me, and that message not being presented in the right way because we can't somehow just sit down and listen to each other, that is frustrating. Yes, and I, and I think what what you're getting at, obviously, for for those of you that are still kind of wondering where Kip and Kane land on this, is this entire protest started with Colin Kaepernick protesting inequality in the treatment of minorities by the police and by America in general. In general. It was never, and now that it has been framed by the screaming about the flag and patriotism, we're not That's, discussing whether or not Colin Kaepernick <laughs> was right and the country treats minorities differently. It's completely been gone. Exactly. And we're just yelling back and forth about who's disrespecting what and yep. in national anthem and the flag and in the military and who's being disrespected, who's not, and which player standing up, which player's taking a knee, which coach and, and owner is doing this, doing that. Are the fans going to join in? Is the TV ratings going down? Is Direct TV giving away free TV? That's all of a sudden the big news of the big topics. Mm -hmm. 
that all mm-hmm. of a sudden is what we, we want to is yep. the discussion that's being taken place and that is a loss for everybody involved 100 percent agree and even some of the response from players this past sunday mm-hmm. i would venture to guess some of the players that did that joined in a protest of whatever kind whether it was teams that didn't come out whether it was teams that took a knee teams that linked arms i'm afraid because of like we've mentioned the the true question and debate has been lost i'm not sure some of them were actually out there saying i'm doing this because i feel the country and police should treat minorities better Mm -hmm. i'm doing it for xyz that wasn't kaepernick's point from the beginning that's that part is scary and i think it's not confined we think we both agree it's not confined to this Colin Kaepernick and the flag and the kneeling. It's 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 expanded to every debate we have. I don't know if we ever remember what we started yelling about. Mm-hmm. And yep. that part is a scary symptom for the country because, like we mentioned, we would never let that happen in coaching or our teams. We would never let a lack of expertise. We would never make a decision without thinking to ourselves, we've done the work and the research that this is how we're going to score a basket or this is how we're going to run, why we're going to run this play. I'm sure yep. you guys don't dial up a blitz out of the blue without a week's worth of, if not you know more, why that blitz is the right call that time. That's it. That's it. I, I don't want to introduce anything that my players don't understand the why. Yep. That's a big emphasis that I have as a coach is my guys, my players must understand the why. I got to understand the why. Why yep. are we doing this? Why are we doing that? If you don't understand that, then you're lost. You're, you're working for a lost cause. Yep. And – so to me, I want to make that a point in everything that I'm doing. I want to understand the why in everything I'm doing. I want to understand, I want to understand why I'm arguing on one side of, of, of an argument or not. And if I don't understand the why, I'm not jumping into that argument. And that's, boy, it's just, it's, it's something, once again, we're, we're, we're at another segment of ours where I'm not sure we have the answer. I'd love to be part of the work towards an answer, but I think this this platform versus expertise is presenting any of us, any of us in any of these major issues facing our country and our, and our people, it's preventing us from having those productive, those things where like we always talk about, I don't have a team meeting or a staff meeting that doesn't result in an action. Otherwise, why'd we meet? Like, I could have emailed you, but it, we, we're going to get together to solve something and have a tangible effect for meeting. I don't think we're getting to that point in, in a lot of these uh, discussions and debates. No, no, I, I agree. And that's that's again the unfortunate thing is is we've lost focus on the on the true message, we've lost focus on on what this this protests or these protests were all about in the beginning, and that is a sad case for for everybody involved. And I hope that as this thing progresses and moves forward, and I know that's what it's going to continue to do. And I and that's mm-hmm. the thing that that is frustrating as well. It's either going to do one of two things where this thing is just going to continuously progress and you're going to see more and more of these uh, of these protests on Sunday or it's going to go the opposite where you're it's all of a sudden going to disappear and we're going to lose focus of mm-hmm. it and it's going to be pushed to the back burner and again the message ultimately will be lost which in the end nobody wins from uh, and not, not sure we're ending on an uplifting note, but hopefully uh, something that you think about, whether you're on the treadmill, you're in the car, hopefully today's two current event discussions from us, we're not presenting ourselves as, as the end all be all solutions to them, but absolutely hoping we, we, we give you a, a reasons to think about them more in depth uh, on your own end. Cross the streams.
side, Rick. 